Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Whatever is Lovely podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back is lovely. So this week I have a very special friend with me who will be sharing her story. So I will have her say her name, a little bit about herself, and then I have a follow-up question. So take it away. I am Holly Woodbridge. I'm a children's pastor and I am the mother of only boys, four sons, three adults and one teen. That's, you are a boy mom through and through. <laughs> Love it. So um, my question for you, and you'll see why this fits you so well in your family. If you could live in any fictional land, what land Ooh. would it be and why? Fictional. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> fictional land. Probably. Well, I, yeah, I guess it's fictional, but um, probably the time and place of sense and sensibility or any of the Jane Austen um, books. I love yeah. it. It would be fun. Oh, yes. That is perfect. <laughs> love Jane Austen myself, too. <laughs> All right, Holly, I'll just have you go ahead and share your story with us. Okay. All right. Well, in our family, April Fool's Day will never be the same because it was on April Fool's Day this year that I had a stroke. Mm. I was coming off of an extreme of church ministry I was at a missionary event handing out pizza and I sat down to play cards with some of my church kids and in that moment my life changed I had a stroke they call it a cryptic ischemic the hospital what I know but don't remember is um, my oldest son was sitting across from me and he saw the iris in my eye travel horizontally across my left eye My speech became garbled, although I thought I was just asking for a glass of water. So he helped me stagger to another room. I sat for a minute, still completely out of it, according to them. And he scooped me up and put me in my husband's car and said, Dad, you've got to take her to the ER. Mm -hmm. All I remember, and I'm sorry I'm saying this, but um, all I remember is throwing up out of the window all the way to the hospital. (laughs) You poor thing. (laughs) And then I remember lights on the ceiling of the hospital as I was wheeled around for testing. But Mm. I don't remember much of the first two days. What I found out later, people from our church gathering in the waiting room and praying and comforting my guys. Um, So that's that's all I knew. What what we know as like a a grace before is um, as my kids were growing up, they were limited to what they could watch on TV. Mm-hmm. So one of the channels they could watch is PAX. Mm, and, um, I grew up on that channel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who knew this, you know, it before, but Joel told me he probably watched the commercial of how to recognize a stroke about a hundred and some times. Oh, so whoa. he happened to be the one across from me and was like, this is stroke. So first they thought maybe... But they uh-huh. kept testing, you know, they're like, this is not just that. So um, right. by the time they figured it out in that night, it was that cryptic ischemic stroke. Cryptic meaning because I was a little younger than ordinary stroke patients and didn't have any of the 
normal right. um, things going on in my body. It's it was cryptic. It was a puzzle. So right. that they just add that fancy word on because they're doctors and stuff. So right. <laughs> After that, I was in the hospital for about two weeks, relearning to walk and move mm. my left arm and start moving my fingers. They hadn't been able to do much by the time I left the hospital, but that was the beginning of that. Thankfully, and that's not for everybody, but my mind seems stable. I, I'm not sure about that, or at least it's just the same unstable it was prior to <laughs> But I was able to read. I was able to speak. I was able to understand by day two. So wow, they, that's they a blessing. Like my, yeah, they, they felt like my mind was in a good place. So they didn't do that kind of therapy with me. Mm. By the second week, I could throw balls back and forth. So you're wondering why I'm saying that probably. But anyway, in the laundry room in my little home, I have a wall of gratitude. Mm. And on it, I use permanent marker. Yep, permanent on my paint and I write things I'm grateful for so I remember because it's very easy to forget what we're grateful oh, for. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I decided in the first week at the hospital that I needed to be grateful get through this. Mm. So God started reminding me of things that I could be grateful for. And I didn't have my laundry room wall, so I asked mm. the boys if they would bring me a notebook and a pen. And I started writing things down. And the first thing I wrote, I don't remember all of them, but the first thing I wrote was, I am grateful I don't have to worry about bombs around me. Because oh, I had been keeping up with the war in Ukraine and thought how much more difficult this would be there or how many people there were going through the same thing and having to worry about a war around them as well. Yeah. So that was, that was my first grateful thing and there were just there's a lot of things but sometimes in the struggle it's hard to remember all the things we need to be grateful for Mm -hmm. um one of the things that was hard for me was loneliness I'm a I'm a big people person Mm -hmm. so loneliness was a big hurdle my my boys and husband would come and other people in the church would come during the day and somebody was just always with me during the day at least some part of the o'clock at night when everyone was booted out <laughs> so that was that was a, a difficult time because you know Donnie and my sons are Joel Micah Zach and Josiah they were my stronghold so right. it was really hard to see them leave and I would often cry when they left I yeah. didn't sleep well in the hospital but mm. I did find out alone. And it was in those quiet nights that God would meet with me and he would encourage me and he would challenge me. <laughs> Sometimes a little finger pointing at me. Um, <laughs> but in it all, he was loving me. Wow. And I, I knew he was loving me in that quietness when I just didn't want to be away from people. So I'm so, I've, I, you know, I've learned all the way through he is there. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. He really showed his presence to you in the time that you needed it the most. Absolutely. So in the hospital, I went from just being able to be in a bed mm-hmm. to a walker. Mm-hmm. I had a gate belt on me all the time because mm-hmm. I had no balance. Still working on that one. Mm-hmm. But I don't need a gate belt anymore. I can catch myself. That's amazing. Yeah. 
I was allowed to leave the hospital. This was a gift from God in a wheelchair for our Maundy Thursday prayer walk. I'd helped organize it, and I just so wanted to be a part of that, but it was before I was being released. Mm. But a wonderful nurse advocated for me. I said, you can do for me. So I was allowed to leave for a couple hours. And sorry. Oh, it's okay. So my family wheeled me through that prayer walk, all of us together. It's just it's something that we will always remember. It's so special. Yeah. So I'm really thankful for that nurse that, you know, got the okays for me to do that. Even though it was really hard for us to find a way back into the hospital. <laughs> I'm sure. Back, even though we came back in time. They had locked a few doors on us. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it was, it was a little adventure there. Anyway, I was back at work by the third week as a children's pastor, as I said. I really thought that instead of getting all better and then coming, it would be more important to those kids to watch somebody walk through a challenge in person and in life. And it was one of those nights that God met with me. He had given me um, a verse and that became my first lesson back. So it was Colossians 1, 18, and it says, Christ is also head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. And our lesson was, as a, a stroke survivor, my head and my body weren't talking together. So my body wasn't working right because it wasn't listening to my head. And mm. the church needs to listen to the head who is Christ for us. But anyway, they got to hear about my stroke and we have worked through it and learned to be more helpful and gracious. Although now that they see me stronger, they jump on me and I almost topple over, but (laughs) they forget (laughs) They forget now that they don't have a crutch or a cane or a whatever. Anyway, at home, um, it took a while for my insurance to kick in for um, outpatient therapy. Mm. So my third son started working with me. And uh, between the next um, two months in outpatient and from April, he's still working with me now. Um, mm. I have learned. I learned to use a cane. And then I've learned to work without walk without any uh, support. I'm still working on smoothness. When I step down, I kind of have a little bit of a clump. Hmm. So we're working on mm-hmm. steps. But my big goal is to be able to run again. And uh, last wow. night, I was with my um, fourth and fifth grade group. I didn't remind them of what I wanted. And one of my little boys prayed again, would you please help Mrs. Holly to be able to run again? So they oh. are remembering to pray for me. Yes. That's really precious. Isn't that cool? Yeah, he's one of my troublemakers sometimes too, but he comes through. Don't you love how it's those those children that somehow <laughs> yes, manage yes. to get it? Yeah, to remember from week to week, it's amazing. Oh, well, it. anyway, was two months after the stroke, I had a heart procedure because mm. that's the reason I had the stroke. I had a little hole in my heart wow. that needed to be. So it wasn't a big surgery, but it did remind me 
that life is precious and I have learned to appreciate each day that I have been given. Mm. In the meantime, I've written lots more on my laundry room wall now that I have it again. (laughs) (laughs) And I I have a few things here that I've I've written on that. Um, My husband of 34 years modeled what real love is. Wow. As he do the cleaning and all the stuff that I'm for chauffeur and mm-hmm. a team here and there. All my mm-hmm. sons have played ball with me again, which I never thought would happen as adults and a teenager. Now it was Aww. physical therapy, but that's beside the point. They all <laughs> right, right. <laughs> ball with me. Right. My oldest son drove me around for months as I learned to drive again, and he was the one that took me driving to start, you know, learning how to do that. I'm able to do now. Thanks be unto God. Yeah. So the roles were really reversed oh, for a so while. Different. Yes. So, so different. Um, uh, my second son cooked and drove and cleaned. My third son researched and challenged me for physical therapy and OT. And I really thank God for the gift of him because wow. as I am, am because he just, I asked him, I, I asked him to promise me he'd make me work at it for six months. His birthday will be the six month mark, um, mm. October 1st. So he wow. has he kept, he has kept that. And even when I'm tired, I'll get up and do it for him. Wow. And then my little guy who's sometimes challenging has gotten me at least a hundred glasses of water and any of those little like moment things. Can you go grab wow. that? Can you go grab that? So yeah. I have seen their best Selves, I really have, and my boys are beautiful. Mm. Um, I had so many people bring in food when I couldn't cook, mm. and so many that gave financially as we struggled under the weight of hospital and doctor bills in this new normal we had. Right. I still have friends that pray and send cards, and even your dad. I remember at um, district assembly, him saying, "I pray for you every day," and I thought, "I believe mm. you." <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful thing to be prayed for. Right. So I am blessed and I am grateful. And daily, um, God's presence is there when I feel like giving up. So this week, I thought I'd give you an upfront one. Now, this is, you can cut it if it's a little too personal, but I'll just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> feel free to share. Man. Um, I was having a pity party because sometimes we do that. It happens. It really <laughs> like a baby. I really was. I was all alone. The hardest thing of this stroke has been ex- ex- excessive exhaustion. I'm just so tired. Mm. And I think about how nobody understands. Can't keep going. And God, mm. you just don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> and I said that to him. And I was like, why did I say that? And I don't know mm. if you've watched The Passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. But what struck me most in that movie is... I remember when Jesus was being beaten and he fell to the ground and then he pulled himself back up to be beat more. And as he was walking on his way to the cross, he would fall down and then he would push himself up, heading Mm -hmm. toward a cross, not heading toward some vacation, pushing himself toward some vacation, but getting up again and again, heading to the cross. And I just said, oh, God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Of course you understand. Yeah. Of course, you know. Right. And I am getting to suffer just a wee portion 
of what he has suffered for me. Mm. So like Paul says in Romans 5, and that's not all, we are full of joy even when we suffer. We know that our suffering gives us the strength to go on and the strength to go on produces character and character hope. Now, some days I have a better grip on hope than other days. But what I do know is that every day, God's got a grip on me, and he is yeah. my strength. Yes, And does. that is my story. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Holly. That is, I remember when I got that text um, from, from your oldest son uh, yeah. that you had had a stroke. I was actually coordinating a wedding that day, and I mm-hmm. had, I. I had a, a moment, I'm like, I just, I just need a break. And I just went to a corner and prayed for you. And obviously you. we prayed, for, I'm still praying for you as this Thank time you. has I gone on. You. But um, guys, even being able to see her, I saw her a couple months ago and uh, she is an inspiration. She is, we've known her for a few years and she is the most energetic person you've ever met. So for this to happen to her and yeah. to her to lose that energy for a while, yeah. I'm sure was so hard on you. It is so hard. Yes. Yep. It is. It is the challenge. Mm-hmm. But yeah. everyone still loves you. And I want to go back to something you said um, when you decided to go back to uh, teaching your kids a little early than you thought yes. you'd want. And um, I just think that's so beautiful that it shows this example to these. Even in the hard times, you can continue to serve and pray and praise God for what he yes. has done in your life. But it's also teaching these kids resiliency and it's teaching, yes. giving these kids yes. a firsthand example of God's goodness Yeah. You know, with our parenting, our own boys, we had tried to be transparent with the ups and downs in life, knowing that everybody faces ups and downs in life. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's it's the it's the person I am. But, you know, God wants to teach through what we do. And, you know, you think about the um, the prophets, the weeping prophets who just, you know, went through so much. Jesus, who went through so much. And we don't want to hide that. We have these wonderful heroes of the faith, but they have gone through mm-hmm. tremendous struggle. And um, I, I didn't want my kids ill-prepared that Right. And, and God is with us. And sometimes the, the presence of God is even closer in the struggle than it is in the easy days. So there's a preciousness to suffering. And I think the authors of the Bible remind us that over and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's that two side to it. It's not just, yeah. you know, the rejoicing and the happy stuff. It's, right. you know, right. it's those valleys and the struggles that, yes. you know, we're probably the majority of the time. But unfortunately, we tend to just focus on, which isn't a bad thing, but we just focus on the happy outcome. Right, right. And the celebration at the end, which is something obviously we need to celebrate. And even for you. Mm-hmm. Your six months is coming up since yeah. this yeah. this thing. So how are you feeling as you're approaching, you know, this this marker in your recovery journey? Well, there's definitely a lot to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Not on my own. I did put mm-hmm. on makeup twice. 
in the last couple of weeks. That's amazing. <laughs> and actually huge. did my hair twice as well, which has been impossible to do. The real so question is, are you painting your own nails yet? Uh, only on one side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was funny. I was uh, one prepare the snack for our Wednesday night group. Her her response. We were texting back and forth last night, and she said, "I see you're normal again." And oh. I, you know, I praise. Uh, yeah, I praise God that that people see that. At the same time, it is not what I'm experiencing. You know, because yes. I know who I was. You know, and you have to you have to go the journey. You have to. Right. You can't skip it. I mean, some people get to God does miracles. There's no doubt in my mind that there are miracles that he's done in my healing. Mm-hmm. But um, I, in my life, the only way God has worked with me is through journey, through process. Mm. And I think that I can grow most like him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and one of the things, um, one of the choruses that has been going, and I'll try not to cry. One of the courses that he's brought to mind um, lately is in a little while, we'll be with the father in a while. We're just here to learn to love him. We'll be home in just a little while. And I have a, you know, I have a mom that's 96. So she's had a long life, but even 96 is just a little while. Mm Yeah. 91 is just a little while. 57, my age, it's just a little while. And however long he gives me, you know, I'll be home with the father someday. And I just want to, I want to please him while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want him to smile at my faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to miss the beautiful gifts he's given along the way. Yeah. When I, I first had the stroke and I said, this is going to be a gift. And my family just were like, this is no gift. (laughs) You know, they could see the heart of it. And I was still, um, you know, not able to do a lot at that moment. So it was a little different from my perspective. But I I wouldn't say the stroke is a gift. The stroke is what happens in a fallen world. That's, you know, it's things that life happens. But, But in the life that happens, God just, he gives gifts. And they're the best gifts. You know, the world gives, you know, just junk gifts. But God gives deep down real beautiful gifts. And then after it's all done, he gives us the eternal gift of being forever with him. So, uh, you know, I'd like a lot more years. I, I would. Right. And again, but mm-hmm. I don't want to dismiss the good that he's given along the way. Right. Right. Oh, that's such a good point. This is a gift. And you're a gift, uh, which is so beautiful. God uses your life to be able to bless and be a gift to others. And I know that these kids that you get to teach every week are, are so blessed by your ministry. And you'll see that that outcome as time goes on. And I'm sure you're already seeing some fruits from your labor. But it's definitely a gift. So I'm sure they are, and to your family too, to all your boys, you are, you can tell, I can tell you are deeply, <laughs> deeply, deeply loved by every <laughs> single person in your household and even those outside your household. So you Thank definitely you. are a blessing to those around you. So um, 
I, I have a couple final questions for you. Okay. And so, as you know, um, I named this podcast after uh, my favorite verse, Philippians 4, 8. So for you in this story, what was the lovely or praiseworthy outcome that you received? Uh, personally, I would say it is um, recognizing the presence of and um, that, that sense again that are alone. Like there is nothing I have to handle alone. Nothing. Mm-mm. You are right. You're never alone. I love that. And so what would be the one word you'd use to describe your journey with God during this time? Well, the first one I thought of was journey, but that's cheating because it's in the question. It can be the so, word. <laughs> if I had to do the different one, I would say hope. Mm. And why hope? Because there's, there's a forward looking to the word hope. Um, you know, what you have in the present, present is no longer hope. It's what you're looking toward. And I just keep trying to look to, I mean, like I had that pity party so that I wasn't being very hopeful that day. That's why I say, I, you know, sometimes I have a better grip on hope than other days. <laughs> <laughs> We're human. It happens. Yeah. But in the big picture of things, Hope is what I hang on to and hope is God, you know, so there's, there's no, there's, there's no possibility of failure when your hope is God and his outcome is my outcome. Whatever he chooses for an outcome, that's the one I want. Oh, I love that. I love that. So good. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with us this week. It was, I know that this was, uh, this has been a long time coming and you've been able to share this story. So I'm really glad you were able to share it. Uh, I want to thank everyone who is here to listen to this this week and come back next time for another great story.